What is going on out there in the multiverse? You're listening to the Earth-16 Comics Wire podcast, and I am your host, Brian from Earth-16. And in episode 8, I'm going to be interviewing Australia-based comics creator Sean Keenan about his Kickstarter project, Terra Olympus, a science fiction graphic novel. Salutations to all those out there in the multiverse. This is Brian from Bird 16. Going to give you a little house cleaning. Um, so, um, as of right now, um, I've been, as I've already mentioned in several segments, I've been quarantined at my own home, um, working from home also. Um, it's been a r- really crazy experience, but so far I've been doing pretty well by staying busy, um, trying to do creative stuff, especially doing this podcast which has been tons of fun so far. And um, I actually do want to say, give out my thanks um, to those who are working in the hospitals and the grocery stores in the front, finding in the front lines. Um, hope you're all are doing really awesome. A God bless you to all of you who are doing, who are doing that and answering the call. And just as a reminder to everyone, um, be sure to stay healthy, practice social distancing, um, wash your hands, very important. Um, always have any if you if if you can have your vitamins and wear your mask. Otherwise, just do everything you can to stay safe. We're gonna get through this. We're gonna we're gonna um, prevail. I promise you that. Um, especially with the man upstairs helping us out right now. I mean, we're definitely gonna prevail. So, um, onto the podcast. I have several future episodes planned. I am planning on doing the Harley Quinn profile segment sometime um, mid this month or later on this month. Um, hopefully um, with Angel Young, who I believe is a brilliant writer, or who I know actually I should say is a really brilliant writer. And also to me, she's just a guru of Harley Quinn. She, know, she knows all things Harley Quinn. Um, and then also I'm planning on doing an episode on one of my it's become one of my favorite um, horror comics or horror graphic novels called Ice Cream Man, which I which was actually written by um, W. Um, Maxwell Prince. Um, the stuff, I mean, yeah, the stuff is the co- comics really awesome. I really enjoyed uh, Ice Cream Man, and just the fact that they use something so ordinary to make it actually really scary, and I became totally hooked on the story. Of ice cream man and also just some of the characters too as well and the plots behind it so be on the lookout for that as well and i'm still trying to get an interview with a comic book shop to talk about the impact that this coronavirus has had with the comic book industry and what steps comic book stores are taking in order to stay afloat stay in business stay operational because you probably for those for those of you who follow the comic industry very closely, 
you also know about the diamond distributors too. And I actually talk a little bit about this too with um, Sean Keenan, the person I'm going to interview in this episode about that issue as well, about diamond. So be on the lookout for that episode as well about the um, impact that this virus has been having on the comic industry. So that does it for the housekeeping. So that does it for the housekeeping. So after the break, I'm going to be um, speaking to Sean Keenan, who is one of the, who is a creator of Terra Olympus, the graphic novel. It was a really fun interview. We talked a whole lot about Terra Olympus and also a bunch of other stuff too, as well. Um, so just sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack, and we'll be right back um, to discuss Terra Olympus with Sean Keenan after the break. All right, so I'm actually speaking to Sean Kanan um, about the um, graphic novel um, Terra Olympus, which I think is a really cool graphic novel. I mean, I took a look at the synopsis, and some of the artwork is really amazing. I mean, it has a lot. It has. It's kind of like a noir influence. I felt I seen there. I mean, a lot of the this is noir mixed with science fiction. It's really awesome. So, how are you doing today? Yeah, really good, really good. It's uh, cold and and wet and miserable here in uh, in usually the sunny uh, sunny Australia. So, um, but uh, no, no, do, doing good and excited to to be on the show. So that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, it's same here in Arizona. I mean, it's kind of warm. I mean, it's not cold or or you know wet. I mean, it's kind of warm though. But enjoying um, the quarantine. I mean, my time here at home. I mean, I just get to rest. I get to chill. I mean, it's all good. Yeah, I crack, cracked open uh, Lord of the Rings last night. Uh, I haven't watched yeah. that for a, for a while, and I was like, you know, that's going to kill some time, uh, some some time. So, yeah. uh, you know, watched uh, the extended <laughs> edition of uh, Fellowship of the Ring. So um, after this, I might jump on and do the Two Towers, and then then uh, later tonight yeah. do do uh, the Return of the King. So yeah, I mean that that's the deal, man. I mean. These these times, like you know, I mean, the cool cool thing about this time is just that it's giving us time to do stuff. You know, I mean, learn some stuff. I mean, I've been doing a lot of reading. I've been watching a lot of shows, like My Hero Academia and all that, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it gives us some time to uh, catch up on some of those things that uh, we probably have been meaning to watch or or read, just uh, just haven't uh, haven't gotten around to it. So I got a pile of comics down here that. Uh, that I've uh, been meaning to read, so I'm just uh, slowly, slowly going through that. But um, I got a little three-year-old girl here as well, and she demands a lot of attention. So I've been, been playing uh, Dollhouse and Mummy and Daddy and all these uh, <laughs> other, other games that are not necessarily my forte. But yeah. Hey, you gotta try it though, man. I I, I know the feeling. <laughs> Uh, I've been trying to get her into Star Wars, so we've been watching um Star Wars Rebels. So she knows knows all of the the characters. Uh, Sabine's her favorite character, so so that's kind of cool. And um we've been uh, I, I've been watching the Clone Wars, so she's watched the last couple of episodes with Ahsoka uh, in it. So she's been 
pretty uh, pretty excited with that. So, you know, brainwash them early and, and yeah, she'll make a, a geek guy very happy later later. There you go. Life. She's gonna be she's gonna be a geek daughter. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's why I hope to raise my kids, by the way. Like, you know, I mean when I start having kids of my own, it's just like not, nope, you know, you you're you're gonna be indoctrinated. You're you know, you're gonna be educated. <laughs> it's so funny because my wife is not into any of this stuff um whatsoever. Exactly. We always get the <laughs> we always get the women that are not into this. It's like you know. Yeah. But you so, you, you um, eventually try to get them into it and they kind of catch on, you know. Yeah, she's come to a couple of shows cuz I've done a done about 100 conventions um all up um so far. So um you know, she's been pretty good in in regards to supporting um my business and supporting um my comic dream and everything like that. Um That's so she up. has I guess taken an interest over time as well, so which is which is really nice. Still can't get her to sit down and watch Star Wars, but yeah, I mean Star Wars like to me is more than it's it's more than a you know movie or uh, even a franchise. It's it's sort of almost like a way of life, if you will. It's something that gets people together. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it a religion, but you know, I mean, it just brings it brings a lot of people together. And I think too, like so many people can relate to it, even though it's like a it takes place in space and all that. I mean, there's a lot of characters you can relate to. Yeah, I t- totally agree. I've I've always been a big fan. So I've you know, got all the expanded books and uh, uh, comics and graphic novels, and uh, you know I'm doing my cinema room at the moment, and uh, I've um, pulled out uh, my old Caravan of Courage poster that I'm uh, going to frame and put up and everything like that. So, um, which is kind of cool. So that's awesome. <laughs> So um, on to Terra Olympus. Um, looks like there is some. St- there is Terra Olympus is a science fiction um, graphic novel, and it takes place in a future where um, the Earth is basically doomed, and that humanity is living on this is living in a on a space station, and it centers around an engineer by the name of Mia. Um, if, I, if I'm getting that correctly, um. I did see some Star Wars elements in um, that comic. Um, now we're talking about Star Wars, but I've also it kind of reminded me of the Doctor Who episode, The Beast Below, um, where in that episode it took place in the 29th century, where Earth um, was destroyed by several solar flares, and all the nations of the world um, brought all their citizens in aboard these gigantic spaceships that were trying to find a new home. Um, having said that, like, were there, um, so what was the inspirations behind Terra Olympus? I mean, it sounds like a really interesting concept. Yeah, I guess, um, you know, uh, as I said before, Star Wars has, has been, um, uh, a big influence, uh, on me. Um, I've always been, uh, I wouldn't say pessimistic, but I've always, you know, uh, feel like, you know, those doom case scenarios, those post-apocalyptic scenarios, I think, um, you know, uh, we're, we're always seem to heading in that direction, no matter how much we, we put out in content in going, you know, we need to look after our environment, we need to look after yeah. um, our world. You know, we seem to, to slowly or, 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 you know, not even slowly running in that direction uh, type of thing. So my uh, idea um, uh, with Stephen around um, this sci-fi series was to do something uh, a little bit different. Um, my last series was more based around action, 
um, and uh, um, and fighting and all that type of thing. So this gave us a little bit more um, of an opportunity to tell um, uh, actual uh, people stories. So, you know, how do people from all nations around the world, um, you know, mix together on a, on, a, on a space station where, you know, we're in quarantine at the moment where you can't get away, you know, anywhere, you know, you're, you're kind of locked in, in, yeah. a, in a close space with these people. How do, how do those things interact, um, you know, when that's still got some sort of government and that over the top, do they tell you everything that's going on or do they only feed you the information that they want to want to feed you type of thing? So we, we put in a little bit of conspiracy theories and, and, uh, and all that into to this story and made it more character driven than action or anything driven. Although in volume two, the action really starts to, to, to pick up. So, um, but yeah, there's things like the expanse that I was, I was really, um, you know, keen on and, and that you know, influenced me the 100, um, you know, and then like, of course, Firefly as well. Um, that's uh, space cowboy type of type of drama. So, yeah. you know, a lot of, a lot of this story so fast, um, starts on the, on the space station and, and, um, is only showing a very small part of the universe, but, um, we're really excited to, to expand this out and start, you know, showcasing, you know, more universes and, and, uh, you know, uh, looking into, you know, more, uh, characters or, or, or aliens or whatever you want to say. So, um, we're just dipping our toe in the water at the, at the moment. Uh, but with any of these type of type of stories, we do have a, a grand scope. Um, but each graphic novel, kind of um is a is a story within itself as well so people can pick it up and read it and um and you know at any time uh within the the different volumes yeah i mean totally i totally agree with that and um when you mentioned like the whole influences behind this graphic novel when you talked about like the doomsday scenarios and all that I mean, I automatically thought about what's going on right now, even like with this whole coronavirus and everything and what people and what our governments, what our communities have been trying to do to at least flatline it. um, So that way they can find a way to contain it in a sense. Um, It's like, you know, it comes to it kind of comes to question even, um, you know, what are what are our governments actually doing? Um, What do what are they telling us? Are they telling us what we need to know or are they telling us what they, you know, feel that we should know almost and that's the kind of that's kind of the feeling i get with uh you know with with our government even sometimes not to get political or anything like that though but it's like are you really telling us the full picture or is there really a cure in place already i mean that's one of the you know questions that you know comes to mind in a time like this and especially in i would say in this story too i mean when you also you brought that up about governments, I mean, I kind of thought about Michael J. Straczynski or J. Michael Straczynski's Babylon 5, which he kind yep. of describes about it was kind of like a Casablanca in space where all species and the human race are meeting together to, you know, I mean, this is sort of like a Sweden in space where, I mean, enemies and allies alike are meeting, you know, there's really no war. Well, there is a war, but not aboard that space station. And also, I thought of Iron Sky. I don't know if you heard of that movie. It's about Iron Sky. Space, yep. Yeah, about space Nazis. And yep. Spoiler alert. I mean, things go to crap on the planet, on planet Earth, and they just, they decide to congregate in um, the Nazi 
the Nazi space space base on the moon, and stuff just goes even further to crap over there. And then I thought of um, fire, like you said, Firefly, and then Cowboy Bebop. I mean, it's really funny, like how science fiction, or you know, works like Terra Olympus and Star Wars and all those other works are kind of showing that some of that stuff's coming true. I mean, colonization on Mars. I mean, pandemics causing people to think about fleeing the Earth possibly and selling, settling elsewhere. I mean, it's really amazing. Yeah, and um, yeah, the one thing that always uh, like with this pandemic going on is um, that always comes to mind is Jurassic Park. It's like that that line where it says, "Nature will always find a way." And yeah, I'm like that. That's I'm like, oh man, you know, you know, we might be doing a little bit to ourselves, but is it is it the planet trying to rectify itself and all that type of type of stuff really intrigues me. Um, yeah, I'm a, a bit of a history buff. My my other series, the Extreme Champion Tournament, is all based around um, historical characters um, set in the future where the UFCs evolved back to gladiatorial fighting. And again, that that kind of um, uh, mentality came from are we seem, do we seem to re, uh, uh, repeat our mistakes you know type of thing like we've moved on from gladiatorial combat but then we've gone back to um, you know it's I like love the UFC yeah. but yeah we've kind of regressed back to, to to where we were is you know do we never seem to, to learn from our mistakes and, and Terra Olympus is very much like that we don't kind of allude to what, what happens to Earth and um uh, we might um, uh, tell a story about that later, but we kind of decided, and I, I liked um, Stephen's idea on this of of actually not giving too much information about that and, and letting each reader kind of come up with their own um, idea around that. I think The Walking Dead did that really well. Like That's what never... I was thinking too with Robert Kirkman. Yeah, never ever said like how 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 the 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 virus started. Didn't say you know why or how. It just that's that's what it was, and that's kind of what we liked also about about this story in regards to everyone's on the spaceship. You know something's happened to Earth, and we're we're just moving moving on from from there type of thing. So, I mean that's really cool too because that that's what captures the mystique of comics like The Walking Dead. I mean, there's some theories even saying that Rick Grimes could actually be dreaming this whole thing. Like, it might not even be like the virus per se. He's probably he's probably in a coma, just dreaming in about it. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that rumor. Yeah, which I think is a really is a really interesting rumor because they did the same thing with um, they almost did the same thing even with um, Batman Last Night on Earth, where Batman, you know, kind of they kind of depict it as Batman being an Arkham Asylum patient and. Everyone, all the all the known villains like um, Victor Saz or Ray Ra's Ghoul, um, Poison Ivy, or like um, are like the staff at um, Arkham Asylum, and then the Joker's like the doctor. But then on Last Night on Earth, you kind of find out later on that's really not the case. So, but it kind of alluded to that. I was like, wow, that's a really interesting. What if that is the case? Like, what if Bruce Wayne is just this crazy dude who is an Arkham Asylum patient? Or just like in Walking Dead, like what if Rick, what if Rick is just in a coma dreaming about it? Or even with some of the known mediums, like going back to Star Wars again, they thought like Han Solo being in Carbonite dreamed of being Indiana Jones, and you know the Nazis were the stormtroopers and Obi Wan, you know, there was a cafe name after Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, yeah, so many of these amazing theories. 
Yeah, and I love I love the 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 fact of um, leaving that mystique, as you said. Like you know, I think um, you know we do fall into the trap sometimes of having to explain um, everything uh, type of thing. Like you know. Um, you know, I just I like the fact of of letting people use their own imagination. I think that's what I loved about growing up was you know thinking of different characters in the Star Wars universe, expanding uh, on that myself, and not really sitting down going, oh well, how how does this you know physically work, and how does that you know letting letting your imagination uh, run wild type of thing. And comics is such a great um, uh, medium to be able to to, to kind of do that. It uh, frees it frees you up to, you know, you don't really have any constraints. Whatever you can imagine up, you can kind of put into a story. So that's what um what I really like. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's um yeah, that's totally you know true because like with comics, especially, I mean, with I was gonna say with like Will Eisner, um, you kind of got me thinking about Will Eisner too. I always bring up Will Eisner. Just one of the one of the greats. Um, to me, he's the father of the graphic novel. Um, he kind of thought of like I think with sequential art, that's that's sort of the magic of it. It's just that you could create your own world visually, all you know, and like also with words. And um, what was I gonna say? <laughs> ah, it just left my mind. <laughs> but like with a, but like yeah, that's to- I think that's the magic of comics. I want to say it's just that. They're just as good at. I, I always say this too. They're just as good as any medium. They're as good as film. I mean, they're as good as literature. Um, they're as good as like um, painting. And then you know, even to this day, I think comics receives. You know, they receive very little um, acknowledgement, in my opinion. You know, on yeah. the impact that they have on you know on our culture and all that. Well, for myself personally, the the way I got into comics was that um, I struggled to read as a kid. Um, it wasn't yeah. until it wasn't until much later in life that I realised that I'm a visual learner. So if you show me mm-hmm. how to do something, I can do it. But to exactly. sit down and read a textbook and then try and do it, that was something that I, I really struggled with. So, you know, I guess, you know, I would say my mum was a bit progressive in regards to she f- bought my first X-Men um, comic. And uh, that's really awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what got me um, reading. And then um, from there, she then said, OK, well, I'll keep buying you some comics, but you ne- now need to read um uh books or, or novels and i you know i think some of the first books i read were you know c.s lewis's you know uh the line the witch in the wardrobe and these other fantastical um uh worlds type of thing and yeah that's how i really got into the 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 comic book world and and everything like that and then you know that expanded into movies and everything when i got a little bit older um type of thing so and you know, go, that's one of the things I like about comic books because, I mean, they, they're again they're they're as good as other literature, and they can teach people too. I mean, there's comics from all, from like all, you know, there's like comics of all genres. There's historical comics. I mean, I've read Rebels is one of my favorites. Um, there's you know biographical comics. There's there's just a lot. Like it's not just a superhero genre. And, no, and I think I think that's yeah. what people um, that and if they're not into comics don't necessarily get. 
Um, like yeah. I, I remember when Arrow first came out on TV, like my auntie was like, oh, you should see this this show. It's a really good blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you do know that's based on a, a comic book? She's like, no, no, no. No, no, it's yeah. not. And I'm like, uh, yeah, 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 it is uh, type of thing. So it's uh, really cool, like, you know, to, to know that, so many of these shows that are out now, um, like, you know, like Preacher, Outcast, um, you know, ones that don't necessarily fit into that superhero genre, as you said, um, all have um, came from, from graphic novels type of thing. Even Walking Dead, especially, because I know when Walking Dead first came out, I had no clue that Walking Dead was based on a comic book. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, but then, like, I started reading the comic, and the comic, I think, is just as good as the show. But, you know, I think personally, like, you know, with what's been happening with the later seasons, I think the comic's a little better than the show right now. Yeah, uh, but, and I, I think that, um, like, uh, for me, the Umbrella Academy was the one that um, I didn't realize was a. Uh, um, a graphic novel and um i went back and and uh bought um the the series and everything because i loved the the show so much so um you know a lot of people say oh you know there's not much translation from tv shows to to people coming and reading reading comics so i, I don't necessarily uh, agree with that because um i guess what what stores uh, need to do is is actually play off, off those things and and do um, displays of gone on as you as you've seen on TV and 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 have and you know actually showcase those those books like you would in in any sort of other kind of store. I, I feel like you know comic book stores have like missed the boat a little bit in in regards to that selling to to new people that walk through the door going, oh, did you like see this fans, on TV? Yeah. yeah, yeah, type type of thing. Because um, you know, I went I went in and went, oh well, where do I find that that Umbrella Academy book? You know, I know I've watched it on Netflix, but now I want to buy it. And they're like, oh, you know, we don't have any in store. And I'm like really like it's like it's massive you know like they ordered it in for me and that's that's all good but i just imagine how many people um they could have um uh gotten uh new uh new customers and new fans because you know with this this common culture everyone knows once you start there, there there is no end uh you know type of thing and when you finish one story and you've enjoyed that you're like okay what else can I read? What else can I can I is there get more? into type of thing? Is there more? Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's always a question that pops in my mind. And, like, I started recently reading this other comic called Ice Cream Man. I mean, that is, like, a, that is a crazy comic. Um, And it's just about... I'm sorry? Is that, is that an indie comic? Or I've never heard of that one. I think it, I think it's the publisher's image. Um, One of my favorite image? comic publishers. Um, And a whole bunch of... You know, like I like I probably said before, I mean, a bunch of rebels started that company. I mean, this, you know, this went, you, you know, guns blazing, and they made it to something big. And it's the same people who, you know, re- who published Walking Dead also, and Invincible, another favorite comic of mine. But I've been recently reading some of Ice Cream Man, and that comic is wicked. I mean, it makes you want to read more. You know, it's just a whole, again, it goes back to that mystique, like, what's going on, like... What's up with it? What's what's with this guy? This guy calls himself the ice cream man, you know? Like what's what's he all about? Where does he come from? Who is he? And it's just wow. 
And yeah, well, I guess the the um the you know I've I've been a big fan of Image and and Boom, and uh, we don't really have um a a publisher here in Australia. So over the last um uh, five or six years, I've been trying to build up uh, build up uh, my my company, Comics to Movies. So. We've got um, uh, the series, the Extreme Champion Tournament, which is the number one selling series here in here in Australia. So, we've sold uh, almost seven thousand copies of of, of that uh, that series. Um, we've got Terra Olympus, which we've got Volume Two up on on Kickstarter at the moment, and then we're releasing a third series um, later in the year called Talos of Sparta, which is um, all based in in the Sparta. Um, universe, uh, historic uh, universe type of thing. So, um, but we're just trily, try, slowly trying to do that um, that grind, that um, releasing, uh, you know, a stable of books, and and then hopefully getting to to you know that boom or or image uh, um, size one day type of thing. So, yeah, that'd be really awesome. I mean, because those guys were freaking trailblazers. I mean um jim lee um silvestri all of them just crazy and you know i mean and it just shows that um they 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 actually wanted to do true true creativity they didn't want to be controlled by a machine or anything like that and i've always said this in many of my podcasts i've done um on several episodes like i like the fact that even though i do like dc and marvel i also like the fact that with image you have people who tell you to go all out i mean there's no editor telling you how to how to write down a story or like which character is going to have to go that's up to the creator and even with robert kirkman um he's a good example of this actually he um did um he actually wrote in one of the letters to the fans that when discussing Andrea's death, um, spoiler alert, um, when Andrea in the comic died, he was kind of, he just kind of described it as how he was on a, he was on his way home on a plane ride and he was just scratching his head, kind of figuring out like how do I go about this? I mean, that's up to the creator. I mean, because otherwise, I mean, for me, like a, like something like that, like that powerful, you know, especially if it's coming from someone else and not the creator. I mean, that kind of. It kind of takes away from the story. I read, in my that, opinion. I read that letter. I read that letter as yeah. well, and uh, it was really interesting because he's like, you know, because uh, she'd been in the series for so long. It's like it's like he's like it was like killing a a family member. He goes, you know, early yeah. on it was it was much easier to kind of kill off certain characters or when he's brought certain characters in he kind of knew what their their story line was going to be but um yeah it was really interesting to see how he kind of struggled um you know he knew that he he wanted to and had to do it for for impact of the story but also about how much he struggled in regards to 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 doing that so it is interesting when you know when it is up to you and, and, and there is a character that you've created, how, how different that is to someone standing over you going, okay, this is exactly how I want you to tell the story. This is exactly how um, they need to die. And, and, you know, and then trying to, to make that as impactful as you can type of thing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, for sure, because like, I mean, it must've been tough for him to like even kill off like several fan favorites, like, you know, Andrea, you know, Glenn, and then, like, a whole bunch of others, like, Abraham, I mean, tough, and, 
Yeah, I mean, that's just, and that's the whole, I think that's the whole beauty of it, though, because these characters are an extension of the creator. They're like the creator's children, in a sense. And basically, when you're a creator of a comic, you're basically God, almost, I want to say. Not to sound blasphemous, of course, because, you know, I'm a Christian and all that, but um, but you basically are, you know, you're, you're the, you, you run the story. I mean, you, um, you, you know, these are, these characters are, you know, are the pieces to your game board, in a sense. You tell them where to go, and you tell, and you ultimately their your their fate is in your hands at this point. Yeah, exactly right. So um, uh, I'm lucky enough at the moment that I haven't gotten to a point where um, any of my my, my main characters ha- have uh, have bitten the dust yet. But um, definitely know. I guess I've got a broader picture of where each character story will go. And um, I think that's important to know that, you know, um, when their story's done, their story's done. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I like a story that's got a beginning, a middle and an end. And it kind of sometimes gets a little bit frustrating with some of the bigger bigger companies where, you know, they, they do a really good storyline, but then they just bring the character character back. Like Civil War was one of my ultimate um favorite storylines and the way they they um spoil alert killed off captain america yeah um, that and and then just to just to bring him back i was like oh really like yeah i was a little bit frustrated with that because you know there was meaning to to his death the 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 writing on that was phenomenal but i guess you know he's just too much of a a big character and and stable to kind of let 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 die off and i think that's what's really great with uh, with independent comics and and you know even image and some of these these type of guys it is i guess more about the story and more about the storytelling than really that long term financial gain and i guess that can be a bad thing from a business point of view but from a storytelling point of view i think it is really important that a character has a a, a start uh, a middle and, a, and an end type of thing so um whenever we write and create our series we we really have that in mind for each of our characters yeah totally and i remember too one time like what you also said kind of reminded me because i went to um i met christopher priest at um phoenix fan fusion about a year ago or so and he told me about his original idea of making that stroke into Damian Wayne's father. Now, at first, I wasn't really keen on the idea, though. But then, when he told me about how, you know, it could give a uh, new depth to the character and even, in a way, be a financial boost to DC. I mean, it kind of made sense. But he was saying that in the end, DC is just too conservative. I mean, and in a sense, that's why I started to get the idea that, you know, maybe like, um, in some way, it's like, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a lack of creative control amongst the creators. I mean, even though I wasn't really a fan of having Deathstroke as Damien's dad, because um, to me he's always be, he would always be the son of Batman. But you know the idea of Deathstroke being Damien's dad probably would have been an interesting concept still. Just like the idea, like with Krypton, for instance, I like the fact that in the show Krypton they made Zod into Superman's uncle, basically. And it's true what they said too. Like within the show, it was like the House of El has secrets. So apparently. Superman's granddad was was pretty busy. He was getting with uh, 
Zod's mother, and you know he's also getting with the mother, um, the future mother of Jor-el. So I mean, <laughs> but I mean in the end he was so much like Superman. That's why I liked about the show was just that it had like a new sort of a, a new approach to the whole Superman mythos. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's um that's great when you can can explore those those type of things, and you know um. Yeah, going back to Terra Olympus and being and that being on Kickstarter at the moment with this pandemic and and Diamond distribution sh- shutting. I heard down about Diamond, over, yeah. Uh, over over the um um small time or period or, or whatever's happening, it's it's a great chance for for these um indie guys that have got creative control to be able to get out there, get their names out yep. there, and 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 you know us creators and and readers are always looking for new stuff to read so if uh the big companies are not putting out stuff well then you know this really gives us a chance to to get in more hands than we probably usually would if a, a new story with batman's um dinglings coming out and um <laughs> you know t- 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 type of thing like you know really helps us cut through all of the 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 clutter and everything like that um you know with our kickstarter we launched uh seven days ago um we were a little bit unsure you know how it was going to go you know again with this pandemic and and you know people you know having lost jobs and and that type of type of stuff but we're sitting at 91 percent funded after after seven days like you know we've had a stronger response um, this time around than we did in the first book, which we were super excited about the response with the, the volume one. So to actually be in this situation and have a better response, I just, I think goes to show, you know, when you can tell a good story um, and, and market it to the right people, then um, you can cut through all that, that clutter and, um, and, and get your story into the hands of, of people that really want something good to read. Yeah. And I, I can see too, I'm on, on the Kickstarter page that, I mean, wow, like you're almost close to your goal too. I mean, with a lot of backers and just 44 days to go, like you got, I mean, people must've been like really pledging, you know, despite all the, all the crap that's been going on in the world and all that. Yeah, um, I think the one of the messages what we've been saying is we usually do our Kickstarters for between 21 to 30 days, um, but we knew in this situation, like, people, you know, might not financially be able to um, have that type of money in, in that short amount of time. So we've really said, look, pledge, pledge now, pledge early, but that money actually won't come out until... One, we've hit our goal, and two, at the end of those um, those 45, 50 days. Um, so then it gives people an opportunity to go, yes, I want this, I like this, I want to back it, but it also goes, okay, I can put my $5 away for the next four weeks or five weeks and have enough to, to cover my pledge and not be you know stressed or put, had financial pain put on them. So that was uh, our you know idea around running that campaign for a, a little bit longer. But um, again, we're very surprised um, and very grateful for for all the people that have pledged so early i think we're at about 114 backers um so yeah that's amazing and especially with the fact that diamond you know like you said with diamond distributors right now you know closing its doors for the time being i mean 
and now's the time for like all creators to actually take this opportunity to like actually get their stuff out there and for diamond i believe it's just that um if i'm if i'm correct they they distribute the comics and the toys and all that right correct yep yeah so with in with independence i mean they could still get the materials they need to create the comics i mean the glossy paper and all that um and you know and still ship it out to the peeps that actually buy this stuff i mean this yes. no need for a distributor or anything like that yeah so for me um my printer has closed their shop front um but they are still doing everything online so i can send through my um my uh um PDF file that I need printed. Uh, they're still printing. Um, the post office still, is still open, so they're able to ship. All courier companies are still open, so they can still courier it to me. So um, I guess from an independent cr- creator's uh, point of view, we've been doing this for a few years in regards to doing everything online, exactly. communicating with, you know, publishers, uh, printers, um, you know, uh, other rewards like your pins and all that type of stuff. We've been doing that all online. So nothing really changes for us. So I'm looking at it as more of a, an, an opportunity. Yes, there might be um, a financial um, backlash where people don't have the, the, the financial things to, to gain. But if you then think about your price points, maybe limit the amount of rewards that you've got to price points where, you know, people are comfortable to, to pledge pledge to, um, I think it's a, a, an ideal time to, to kind of launch. We're looking at maybe doing four kickstarters this year and that's because of a lot of the conventions being cancelled and yeah um, still having you know bills and everything um like that to pay that it was maybe a better idea to keep you know people engaged in that online by by doing several launches so we've got terra olympus up at the moment after that we've got our next graphic novel in the xct series coming out fractured worlds uh we've got an art book coming out and then our our third series tell us a sparta at the end of the year so yeah i've seen i've seen the xtt comic um yeah it looks really awesome um you said it's for the extreme um what's it called extreme champion tournament yeah that, that looks man that looks wicked i'm looking at the covers right now too i mean Looks like uh, kind of looks like He-Man almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that. So I've been very, very lucky. Um, my original artist, which drew the first five issues, was uh, Jerry, the franchise Gaylord. So he did um, uh, Fanboys versus Zombies for Boom Studios. Um, he's done um the Bill and Ted. Uh, our Triumphant Return comic book series. Um, he then went and worked with uh, Warner Brothers um, and did the new Scooby-Doo series and now has been lucky enough to to get a job with Blizzard. So he's um, uh, working with Blizzard Entertainment. So um, he unfortunately had to ju- jump off the series after, after five issues because he got all these other fantastic opportunities. Um, but we found another... Um, artist um, Alex um, Malashev, um, and he's kind of got a very similar style, but also has his own own uh, take and, and everything on it. So um, it was really good way able to do the first two volumes with Jerry's artwork, and then volume three and volume four we've moved with um, with Alex's artwork because 
Um, I'm always a firm believer that if you're going to tell a story, you need to keep the same writer, same artist, and on all that type yeah. of thing to, to um, you know, make it look uh, look nice and and everything. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really awesome too. I mean that you know, and it also comes to show that I mean, with com- going back to like the whole creative um, the creative process too. I think and not having like that looming, you know. Not to diss the publishers, though, but like that looming, you know, influence. I think comics in general creates going back like a community, you know, like of um, writers. I mean, writers, you know, get around a lot. Like they talk, they 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 spend time with each other. They go to they go to each other's dinners and all that. And I mean, it's just such a vast network. I mean, like you mentioned, the guy who um, who worked on your comic um, and also had worked for Warner Brothers and all that. I mean, this shows how vast it is because several of these creators, I've actually talked to a previous um, creator who's, who even told me that, you know, all these creators have their own publishers. You know, I mean, they don't, um, they're not just with DC or Marvel or, you know, even Image. I mean, they have their own, very own publishers. They do their own stuff on the side. And I feel that with most independent creators, I mean, they're, they're actually ahead of the curve um, of these publishers. I mean... They're to- they're totally ahead, and they've been like you said they've been doing this for a long, long time. Yeah, you know? I think I think sometimes um uh sometimes I feel a little bit uh uh like people are, might be watching or whatever because it seems like every time I pick up an artist or someone, they then get picked up by someone bigger. Um, like and and I wouldn't be surprised if if you're you're having a look at the artwork there by Von. Um, he has done an amazing job um, with with the artwork on on this with the grey tones. Um, I love it. Yeah, XCT is very colourful, very bright, very um, you know animated type type um, kind of uh, comic. Where uh, Terra Olympus is the complete opposite. As you said before, it's more of a noir. Um, it's quite dark. It's um, you know got that, gritty, um, yeah. gritty type of type of feel for it. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just just it's super exciting being able to do different genres, but then um, working with different teams, being able to to see their um, uh, the the different style and everything they do. But you know, I wouldn't be surprised in in twelve months' time or, or less that you know Von gets picked up by um one of the other bigger publishers and and stuff like that, and you know to have some small part in maybe them progressing is has always um given me a really really big kick uh you know i've been able to work some with some really talented creators you know Jer- jerry's gone on and done some amazing things i've been able to work with eddie nunez um who's done also a, a short story in the xct series he's now doing the um uh, kevin smith uh, masters of the universe um netflix um, series, uh, as well as he's done stuff for IDW and um, and DC as well. So uh, to be able to work with with a bunch of of these guys um, is been truly um, you know a pleasure. And uh, you know I just look forward to giving more and more people uh, an opportunity um, when I um, when I get a little bit bigger as well. So. Yeah, I mean, I can see something like this really taking off. I mean, this is like a really awesome story. And with Terra Olympus and, you know, XCT, because, like, you know, people like new ideas. I mean, they don't like, you know, I mean, they like they like a new, 
they like several reinventions of stories, if you will. I mean, a lot, a lot of times with comic book stories, you really have to think outside the box. And sometimes it's a whole lot of reinvention. Um, I kind of stole that from Chris Jericho. I'm a wrestling fan. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just it just puts a new spark into things. Like, like going back to that new perspective, I mean, like with Terra Olympus too, I mean, they bring up a, an idea of like the doom. You you know, in this story, it looks like you bring up the idea of doomsday though. But then you put it, um, you also give it a science fiction feel, and you know, yeah, and you, and you also give it that mystique too. So that that to me is a new approach. Yeah, and um, I, I think uh, we've tried to like you don't want to copy anything, and um, oh like, no, you know. Uh, but you, it's interesting when you're writing um, and you end up coming up with a story. Sometimes you are like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much I was influenced by, you know, um, this show or I was influenced by this book that I've read. Um, but, you know, myself personally, I have um, uh, watched so many TV shows and so many different um, uh, um, movies and, and read books and stuff like that that I feel like I've brought almost uh, what I liked in all the other um, different scenarios and put them in this one one graphic novel. Um, and then also having Stephen as the, the co-creator, it then doubles that, that type of universe because you're then got ideas that you might not necessarily come up with. And he's like, oh, have you thought about this? And I'm like, no, yeah. I haven't. I really like that idea. Let's Let's go that way instead type of thing. So... I mean, uh, and the fact that the collaboration, that's what makes a comic so great. It's just that, you know, you form a chemistry with these, you know, with your team, you know, with uh, everyone on the team, the writer, the artist, the, even the inker and the letterer are very important surprise. You know, they're actually very important. I mean, not many people think about that. I mean, you form, you form like this cohesive unit in a sense, and that's what makes a story. And a lot of times yeah, the writing's got to, comp- you know, you know complement the art in a sense. Yeah, and the longer you get to work with someone, I think the better the work gets. Um, so, you know, uh, I know when I started with XCT, I think the first comic, I sent back almost every single page. I'm going, oh, you need to fix this, and I'm after this, and I, I want this, and add this here. But then in the next issue two, three, four, after that, I barely sent back anything because you, you have that understanding. He knows that what trust, I'm looking yeah. for, that trust and, and everything. And um, same with, with Von with Terra Olympus. We kind of are like, I tell you what, this is the script, but if you think something will work better in, in an like with an extra panel, with a panel taken out or, or that type of stuff, we trust you to, to kind of design up and what, you think works um you know it's easy to go back later and kind of um re-edit the 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 script with the with the dialogue to fit in to what the artist draws but you know we don't want to handcuff them going you can only draw this you can only draw it this way then you're not letting them do what they're good at which is create so um you know we're very fluid in in that uh that type of um creative endeavor yeah, totally, and um, that's why I like too. I mean, especially and also the the benefit of that is again not having that looming presence, you know, like over over the over your shoulder. You just you know, boom, let's do this. And 
that's what I think is also liked about um, the comic Undiscovered Country, um, also by Image, but it was by Charles Soule and um, Scott Snyder. I mean, they wrote this amazing, so far it's been a really good comic, and they wrote this really amazing piece of work where, um, it, ironically, it also, um, the story um, starts off with a pandemic um, called the Sky Virus, and they talk about how in this in the story that um, the United States of America is basically like this, uh, it's been closed off to the world, and, you know, basically all these other nations just form up, and they have this mission to get inside America because they believe that the cure for the sky virus is there. I mean, and Charles Scholl and Scott Snyder got all these ideas from interviewing, I mean, I think they went to, I want to say they went to the Pentagon to interview some people, like, this, you know, crazy stuff. But yeah, that's that's really cool. Like even when I did um, uh, XCT, because there's a lot of um, mytholo- uh, mythology around it and everything. Uh, you know, I've gone to um, like different places um, to actually get um, information firsthand, type of thing. So, uh, you know, I've been over to to the US uh, down in Texas and been to a um, reservation uh, camp because one of our main villains is based on a an apache um uh native american uh so we went there and it was quite interesting speaking to their their elders and how they tell the stories um you right. know there for a couple of days they they tell part of the story um at night around around like a campfire and then the next night you got a little bit more of the story and and that type of stuff so that i found really interesting um the main hero was spartacus so um spartacus. and i we went to we went to um, uh, Italy and uh, we did the the tour and the Colosseum, um, you know, to really get some some interesting uh, facts and that. And then my wife surprised me by uh, we stayed at a hotel, which is actually um, or an Airbnb actually that's actually over the top of the amphitheater that um, Spartacus actually burnt down in Capua. Um, so, you know, I was able to do a bit of writing and, and do some more research, um, there. So it's, uh, you know, I really try and, um, get as much, um, information as you were saying before from different sources, um, be quite respectful, um, especially if there's any sort of religious content there, yes. but then put my own, but then put my own spin on it type of thing going, you know, yeah, this is your story but if it was real life what would that what would that kind of look like so all of these um mythology characters that have come from all these different uh parts of the world uh i've kind of um, cemented them into reality and i'm like okay well this is how that person might have been in reality type of thing and um you know it's really cool to to kind of play with 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 that you know sometimes characters are just in the right place at the right time and then their um their mythology has been built out of that so when they get put into the xct they're nowhere near as good a fighter as uh they made out uh, to be um and then uh then there's these are these other characters that are side characters that you know in mythology might have been the sidekick but they were actually the one that did all the heavy lifting type of thing so i would like to play around with that as well that that's really you know that i, I thought that was a really awesome concept too where you know you get that one side character that 
has actually done all the work too and everything i mean that just puts a lot that just puts a whole new twist to everything i always love stories like that too like just seeing it from their point of view i mean like with uh you, i mean i wonder how it would be like you know from the point of view of like um igor who is assisting frankenstein the scientist and making the creature or 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 like with uh like they did, it was pretty recent too. Um, they did a story about um, Maleficent, like her point of view, because even though she's viewed as the villain, I mean, is she really the villain, for instance? Or even with the Joker recently, because you know, it showed the whole dark side to Gotham, and it was just like, wait a minute, Thomas Wayne was actually like that. And for me, like, you know, I'm, you know, that's why I started to realize that man, Thomas Wayne must have been a real jerk. Or even with Harry Potter, like with his father and how he treated Snape. And I was like, man, Harry Potter's dad, actually, I meant to say Harry Potter's dad, that dude was a real jerk, man. Like, he would, like, pick on Snape and all that. I mean, he's not as heroic as as I thought he was, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, I was a big fan of um, Sons of Anarchy. um, Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, and the way um, Kurt writes in regards to um, making you like feel sympathy for these bad guys like you yeah know, they're, they're outlaws they're 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 doing the wrong thing but like Jax's um character is so good he's doing all these wrong things for the right reasons and um you know you can't help but go oh man i feel sorry for this guy he's been put in a, a very difficult situation he's got really no way out and he's trying to navigate as best he can to kind of do the best thing not only by him and his family but by his friends and his club uh, as well type of thing and that's a very fine line and you know that's what I've always enjoyed about mythology as well is that um that moral of the story behind behind things and uh you know when we we tell certain stories we embellish things we um gloss over things you know we make people uh into uh heroes that um might not nece- necessarily have been um as good um and you know the Harry Potter um dad one is a great example of going well hang on a sec um you're made out that this guy's you know um you know 100% did everything right and is is a great person when in reality he actually was a little bit of a bully he was you know the the cool kid in in, in at school and you know yeah. w- w- you know what what came to him might ne- not necessarily been um uh on the same level as what he dished out but at the same time you're like well hang on this guy is actually human also he's uh um you know muggle he's actually not not perfect type of thing so and i really like that in in storytelling yeah and especially with like negan too who became one of my favorite walking dead characters like with negan like it was just that you know it kind of makes you wonder like with negan he's actually a pretty great character and even though he's kind of um he's a bit he's a bit of like a jerk at times like i like the fact that he doesn't um like he he still doesn't like injustice because there was a time where um, someone was about to go after Sasha, and he killed. He, and he killed someone for that. He's like, "Look, we don't do that, man. Like, that's what. That's why I've always told everyone. But it seems like he didn't listen. I mean, he's very chivalrous in a sense, and that's one of the things I enjoyed about Negan. And it kind of also makes you question too. Is like, it also makes you question too, like about Rick attacking the Saviors. Like, you know, was that really necessary to attack the Saviors? 
I mean, because, I mean, at that point, it was Rick who, who, in a sense, pulled the trigger, and Negan retaliated, as he probably should have. You know, so that's what kind of brings, you know, that's what kind of makes you question sometimes, like, you know, are the are the guy are the, is there really such thing as a good guy bad guy type? You know, I mean, is it just all gray? That's that's I, I love that. Um, is it all gray? Because you're 100 percent spot on. It's like, well, if I didn't do this, would have this happened? And um, yeah, I, I guess a lot of the the writing I do is has that 100 percent in mind. And and this new Talos of Sparta series that we're doing is um, what happens if Sparta bet um, the Athenians and actually fought back Rome and become the powerhouse in um, in in Europe or in the ancient world. Um, the world would be a what, different place. What, yeah, would it would have been a completely different place if they if everyone followed um, their rules and and what they deemed as um, you know uh, the epitome of society type of thing. How would that look? So I've had a a, a lot of fun doing doing this uh, story and, and researching them because you know. Um, uh, you know, we look back now and go, oh, that's very archaic. How could you do certain those certain things? But at the same time, the reason why they did that was that their every single person that they had in their society was, um, you know, at the height of their fitness, was um, uh, had no sort of birth defects. There was no illness. Like the reason why they they did certain things was to to cut that out. Now we look now and go, oh, we've got medicine and we've got all this other stuff, so you shouldn't shouldn't do that. But back then, when you didn't have that. You know, they were like, well, this is the way we keep our community, our way of life um, going. And, you know, that Rick and Negan one is the same thing. Rick's like, well, I need to attack him first and, and show him that we mean business to keep our way of life going. And Negan's like, well, I'm showing you this is the way it should be uh, from his point of view um, type of thing going, all you need to do is toe the line and everything will be, be cool, but you're not willing to do that. Like, you know, yep. so yeah, I've, I really love that uh, um, type of thing. So. Yeah, I to- totally love it. Um, so um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no, I just want to want to say thanks for, for having me on the show. Um, uh, Terra Olympus is up on Kickstarter at the moment. Uh, it's uh, got both volume one and two available. Uh, we're only uh, about 400 Australian or um, I think that's about 200 US off our off our goal. Um, we ship all around the world uh, at the moment with the Australian dollar being so low, um, uh, you know, the US get a fantastic deal in, in um, if you if you do pledge, um, you know, uh, shipping is, is fairly reasonable, um, but uh, with the exchange rate, you guys get about 40% off um, at, the, at the moment of our normal books. So I think at the moment it's about $12 for our, our, our US for our graphic novels. So um, just thanks for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed it and yeah, um, have a good day. And before we go, I mean, where can we follow you? Uh, yeah, so uh, we've got um, three three pages. So we've got uh, comics, the number two movies on Facebook or uh, .com.au on, on the website. Uh, Instagram is at comics uh, two movies. Uh, on Twitter, it's at 
comics underscore two underscore movies. And then we've got Facebook pages for both Terra Olympus, um, the Extreme Champion Tournament, uh, and we've just passed a 1,000 likes on our Talos of Sparta uh, Facebook page. So we did a cover reveal last night. So if you want to check that out, you can have a, have a look at that series as well. Sounds awesome, man. Sean, thank you very much for being on this podcast. I'm, I mean, it was really awesome having you. Hope we can speak sometime soon. Definitely. Thank you very much. Hey, you take it easy. And you have a good one. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. All right, bye. I hope that all of you enjoyed that episode. If you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Earth16Podcasts. You can follow you can also follow me on Instagram at Earth16Comics. And you can also follow me on my Facebook page simply at Earth16ComicsWire. And if you want to become a content supporter for this podcast, you can do this by giving a small monthly donation on my Anchor and Patreon pages listed on the description on Twitter. This will help sustain future episodes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, be awesome, be kind, and dream and work for a better tomorrow. This is Brian from Merch 16 signing out.